So today, uh, I want to talk to you about discipleship. Disciple, at least one, is the title of my message. Disciple, at least one. Today, Pastor Fees is in Iowa. He is doing some recording for a new project he is doing, and you can ask him about that when he comes back. He will be uh, back here tonight, actually, late tonight, and he'll be back next week. But I just wanted to say um, where he was, in case you were wondering what happened to Pastor Feast. He's out there. And uh, also, I, it's pretty exciting, this new project he's working on. You can find out more about that. So the title today is Disciple At Least One. Now, I don't have a translation today, so I don't know if there's somebody who could help with translation, if there's anybody who would like to do that. I can see. I'm not going to make you come up here, Helen, but if you if you want to sit there next to some of these folks and translate, that, that would be a very nice thing. Uh, I don't want to force you to do anything you don't want to do, but that would be an excellent help for us. So today the message is disciple at least one. Now here's what I mean by that. Jesus said some of his last words. You're what, you're able to do that? Okay. Okay, so you can go ahead and share some of that. Oh, was that on? There. Just the this uh, title. I want to say don't bury your gift. Everybody is given a gift. And I don't just mean like some uh, thing of substance, a gift within you. There's a skill you have, there's a blessing you've received that it's up to you to share. When God gave you a gift, He didn't mean for you to hide it and just keep it at home. He wants for you to share it with somebody else and help them grow. So the challenge I'm putting out here today is everyone at Light of the Nations needs to be discipling at least somebody. Jesus, uh, some of the last words he spoke while on the earth, he said, go into all the world and make Disciples of all peoples. That means you and I have been given a command by Jesus to go and find someone who needs to grow in following Jesus. We need to be doing that in whatever way God blesses you in. Now, here's that verse. These are Jesus' final instructions. Here's how you make disciples. First, you need to be convinced you're supposed to do it. Secondly, it says to baptize them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now what that means is to soak, to immerse people into the way of God. The people that you disciple have to know, because of your influence, they need to know who God is. 
Asema watu bale utaweza kubabadilisha ifale bajue kile mbele wiko juu yako tu baone Yesu yako. We need in order to do that we have to spend time with people. Na pa kufanya vile ifale tuchukue muda na watu. We ourselves need to be so much in love with God that other people can also catch that fire. Mbele sisi peke ifale tukuye mumapendo na Mungu njuu bale watu bapate ile moto yetu. That's what it means to baptize people into the father. We also need to make followers of Jesus who listen and obey him. Jesus spent 3 years on this earth teaching everywhere he went. And we have to know what he taught. And then we need to teach others the same thing. So my challenge today for you is to find at least one person that you can do this teaching to. We need to not only teach people what Jesus said, but to teach them to obey what he said. To do what he said. Hallelujah. Amen. And then finally, Jesus said, I am with you. Remember, I'm with you. If somebody asks me to do something that's very difficult, like, for example, uh, I have had the privilege of teaching many people how to drive. Now, now that can be a very challenging job to take somebody who recently came from Africa or Asia and don't know anything about cars and suddenly they're behind a very powerful machine. And if they do the wrong thing, we could all be in big trouble. They have all the power in their hands and in their feet right there. <laughs> but the problem is they don't know what they're doing. But the good news is I am right there with them. And before I show them anything I say the number one thing is you have to listen to me. If I say stop, you have to stop. If I say turn this way, you have to turn. If you don't listen to what I'm saying, then we can't go anywhere. So we spend about 20 minutes or half an hour just sitting in the car talking before we go anywhere. And then we begin, I show them how to turn the key on. And we practice that about five times. And then after that, we adjust the mirrors. Because when you're driving, you have to see in front and behind you. And then whenever I take somebody driving, I always make sure we go into the low gear first. So that if we lose control at least we do it at a slow speed. So then we find a place where there are not many cars. 
I know that a lot of the Nepalis used to practice driving over at the cemetery at Fairmont. But then they had to stop that because they were knocking over some gravestones. You got to find an empty place. And here's what I've noticed as I teach people how to drive. I have to talk to them all the time. I'll say something like, you're doing good, you're doing good. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> because, you know, the person who's learning how to drive, they're very afraid, they're scared. And they don't need me saying to them, stop, you stupid driver! They, they need to hear me say something like, hey, you're doing okay, just slow down now, slow down, slow down, slow down, it's okay, but you got to keep your voice kind of like that. I have had to sometimes have to reach over and grab the steering wheel. If we're going into the wrong lane and a car is coming the other way. But I have to say, praise God, we've never had an accident. And that really is the grace of God, I think. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is, Jesus has you driving the spiritual car of your life. He's sending you on a mission to go disciple people. And the thing is, that's a very dangerous thing to do. You could mess up somebody's life. But Jesus wants you to know, I'm right there with you. Just like I'm with the people learning how to drive, I'm talking to them all along the way. I remember I taught Emirates how to drive. Her sister. And the problem with Emirates is she would turn and keep turning. <laughs> Good driver. <laughs> and I would have to stop her so that we could go straight on the road instead of off onto the sidewalk. But you see, Jesus is like that with you and me. Sometimes we try, but we're trying too hard and God has to stop us and say, hey, pull back a little bit, go this way. You know, I have to say, there are some people who've learned how to drive so well that they're now driving buses for uh, the city of Denver. We have Silver over here who drives the 15L up and down Colfax. And uh, Nadia's husband, Pascal, he drives the bus. So it's really kind of... Uh, uh, Janine's husband drives the bus as well, yes. yes. Anybody else drive a bus in here? Ellen drives a bus. Yes. You know, driving a bus is not an easy job. Especially for these people who drive the public uh, RTD. 
What I understand as I've talked to some of these drivers, the big challenge is not the driving, it's the people who come on the bus. They come on. There are people who get up on the bus and they don't pay their fare. Or they cause a disturbance on the bus. I've heard some terrible stories about what some of the passengers have done to the bus driver. Ever since I heard about this, I've been praying for the husbands of these women and for Silver and their bus driving. Anyway, Jesus is going to be with us no matter what goes on in our driving. I just want to say, while you're making disciples, Jesus is with you. We don't need to be afraid. We just have to be faithful. We have to keep listening and doing whatever he says. You see, most people uh, on this earth are just like a sheep that's waiting for someone to tell them what to do. Or more like this, a lump of clay. You and I were like a lump of clay that God wants to take that and turn into something useful. So, You see, without God's touch on our lives, we just remain like a blob, you know, nothing formed. But once God begins to shape our lives, we we become something useful. Now God wants to use you and me to shape other people's lives. Folks, we need to take that seriously. You know, later in the service today, we're going to honor Don and Peggy Douglas because this is their last Sunday with us. Although we have to convince them to keep coming back all the way from the north. <laughs> but they have been useful for the Lord all throughout their life together as they've been following Jesus. They've discipled so many people. Even some of the youth in our church are so disappointed that they're leaving because they love the relationship that they have with them as they've been serving there in the back. They have been like those fingers of God. Not everybody. Not everybody. Yes, yeah. of course. Thank you for clarifying that, Helen. <laughs> yes, not every, not just everybody here. Yeah. They, they've discipled people who don't even come to her. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's that too. There's that too. But you see, God wants to use each and every one of you just like that to shape people's lives. Now, if you're thinking right now, oh, God can't use me, I want you to stop that thinking right now. That's disobedient to what God wants. God can use you if you obey Him. 
All you have to do is do what he says. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So, how do we how do we do this? First, we baptize people. That means we put them into God's presence. The way that you can bring people into God's presence is by you being in God's presence. We carry God's presence with us. The more you're praising God and worshiping him, the more your, his presence is with you. So when you get together with the person you're discipling, you just maintain that presence of God. Then when you're discipling someone, you tell them about God. You soak them in the name of God. You talk about the Lord. You talk about the Lord and how you love him so much. I was in Ohio uh, many, many years ago. And I met a woman who had been involved in a Christian university for a long time. Now she was an old lady. (coughs) But she so much was full of the presence of the Lord. And she had led so many people to Christ. And while we were visiting her, she told us her secret. Whenever she would get with somebody who was not a Christian, she would just be so full of joy and she would talk to them as though they knew Jesus too. And so they would get with this college student who didn't know the Lord and she would say something like, isn't Jesus wonderful? Don't you just love how much he cares for you? Have you ever noticed that when you pray to him, he's always answering your prayers? Now some people would think, oh, this lady's just crazy. But even if she would say things like that, her joy would overcome their doubt. And after spending an hour with this lady, they would want to know Jesus too. You know, the point I'm wanting to make is it's more how you live than that soaks people into God than how you teach them. My favorite teacher in high school was a math teacher. Before I had him as a teacher, I didn't really care about math very much. But he was such a good teacher and he loved math so much that I started to like math too. 
He made it fun because he loved it so much. So I would leave class just thinking about the equations he taught us about. I began to really like geometry because of how this guy used to teach math. And I would always look forward to going to his class. Well, let me say, if this guy could do that with math, then you can do that with Jesus. If you and I are so in love with Jesus, it will become contagious with the people we're around. Then you will begin to soak people in the presence of the Lord. So here's the next point that I want to make. We have to teach what Jesus taught. I have a suggestion for you. Every morning, you wake up, you read your Bible. You find one thing that the Bible is teaching. And then you take that one thing and you go teach somebody else in your day. You just have to, you have to teach what you learn. Teach what Jesus taught. And I think one of the best things you can teach is to teach about love. Love God, love people. You know, when you take a risk and love somebody, it can change their life. It changes the shape of their life when you love them. It's like that clay lump. Every time you love them, it's like turning them around that wheel one more time. Even if you love people, you don't even know. By just being kind to them. Just give them a smile. You know, when you're walking through the store and you see the most depressed looking person, why don't you just try to find a way to go get in front of them and just give them a smile? (laughs) I've heard testimonies of of people whose lives have been saved just by somebody smiling at them. I heard a testimony of somebody who was thinking in their mind about committing suicide. And through some circumstance, they happened to meet a person who just looked at them, smiled, and said, Hi, how are you doing? I hope you have a good day. And that's very simple to do. But you never know the impact of those words and your smile on their life. I know when I'm up here preaching, I like to see smiles on the faces of the people. That helps me preach better. How about your children? You know, your children can make you so angry sometimes. Am I telling the truth? Yes. You know, sometimes you need to stop 
and just smile at your children. You just have to smile at them and you tell them you love them. Then you can spank them as much as you need to. But just be sure, be sure to, to come back to them and smile at them. Teach about love. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Can you love people more than God? Is it possible? I mean, there are people who do, right? I mean, Jesus said, if you don't, if you love mother, father, brother, sister, children more than me, you're not worthy of me, right? So it is possible to love people more than God. You see what I'm saying? You can, you're not supposed to, but it's possible to love people more than God. Now here's another question. Can you love God without loving people? Is it possible? It is not possible. Now, some people think, well, you know, it's just God and me. That's all I care about. Me and God. We're just going to have a good relationship. And I don't care about the rest of the world. That's That's not okay. That can't happen. Because your love for God is revealed in how you love other people. In the book of 1 John, it says, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you are a liar. There's no excuse. You can't say, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but then you don't care about anybody else. You're a liar. <clears throat> and you're not living in the way that God taught you to live. So what I'm saying here today, folks, is we need to learn to love. And the way we, that I want to teach you to love today is by discipling other people. So here's an assignment I'm going to give you today. Your assignment today is to pray to the Lord for a disciple. I'm going to pass a piece of paper out to everybody. I want everybody to take one. And on this paper it says, by God's grace and in his presence, I will disciple. I want you to put a couple of names down on this card. But first I want you to pray. Ask the Lord whom you're supposed to disciple. Now, it could be your children. It could be someone in your family. And the point of this is that you're going to help them become better followers of Jesus. And you're going to start by loving those people. You're going to show your love for God by how you love the people. Can I get some help from the four in the front here? The four horsemen. And so the next point here, somebody 
f- think of somebody you will love into the kingdom or help go along into the kingdom more. Love somebody. Disciple somebody. Now when I say love, I don't mean just have good feelings for somebody. Sometimes it's difficult when you love somebody, you have to tell them the truth. <clears throat> and they might not want to hear what you got to say. But you still love them. And it's because you love them, you tell them the truth. You just have to have the Lord beside you, helping you along the way. Could somebody um, go tell Lori and Alyssa that I'm about done? Oh, there it goes. There it goes. Okay. Very good. So, folks, I want you to look at this card. And we're going to just take a moment of quietness. And I want you to ask the Lord, who are you putting before me that I need to disciple? Let's pray together. Oh, yeah, please go ahead. So I'm asking you to consider this for one year. Who are the people you're supposed to love? Who are the people you're supposed to shape their life like a rough lump of clay turning it into a nice useful pot? You have to love those people and you have to spend time with those people. You have to be in God's presence with those people and you have to teach those people to follow Jesus. Let's take a moment of silence and let's just pray. Thank you. Show us, Lord, the ones that you want us to focus on. So now I want you to write one or two names on this paper. Just do that right now. And then I want you to keep this paper. Maybe put it in your Bible. Maybe you can tape it onto the bathroom mirror. So that every morning you see those names and you begin to pray for those people. Or you tape them onto the dashboard of your car just to remind you that you're disciples. Influence the lives of people for the name of Jesus Christ. This is how we're going to change the world, people. You are much more powerful than you think. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And you can make a difference in somebody's life. You just have to obey the Lord. Do what he says. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Lord, for this time together.